Hi, my name is Caitlin and welcome to the Gospel House. Our mission here at the Gospel House is to show the world that the gospel of Jesus Christ is enough, that in the gospel we can find all of our deepest needs met as the entire church responds to and applies implications of the gospel. We would love to show it with you. Check out our website, www.thegospel.house, where you can learn more about us, find out how to connect with us, ask questions, see when and where our next meeting is, and give to help advance this gospel message of Jesus Christ. Now let's jump into the scripture reading today, which comes from Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 7. It says this, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts, impress them on your children, talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this day, Father God. I pray for Mark as he brings your word, Lord, that you would fill him with your spirit. Help him to speak the words that you have set before us all today, Lord God, and help our hearts to be ready to receive those words. We love you, Jesus. Have your way. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right, so without further ado, this is Mark Hecklinger. He's one of the elders here at the Gospel House, and he is going to be bringing the word today. Take it away, Mark. All righty. Good morning, everyone. Uh, that was really emotional this morning when I came up here. I couldn't stop myself from crying coming up here, but uh, I got five grandchildren, and two of them were up here, and I am very excited because Ryan and his wife, Lucinda, came in from Colorado this weekend and brought three other grandchildren. So um, it was really a, a neat morning. Only thing that could go wrong today is you got to listen to me. <laughs> Let's get started. Today we're going to continue on with the Onward series, and it's going to be called Together. I've got three points, like Jeremy does. And the first one is misconceptions of dedication. The second one is parent obligations. And the third one is extended family church obligations. Before we start, can we just pray real quick? Dear Heavenly Father, we just are so thankful for all these kids that came up here this morning. I'm thankful for the friends and the family and grandparents and everybody that came in to, to watch the celebration. We ask that you just bless this sermon. We pray that you would just bless the rest of our church service and that we would have a great weekend. And that's in your name we pray. Amen. All right, before we get started, I looked up the word dedication in the dictionary, and it says this. It's a ceremony to mark the official completion or opening of something, devoting or setting aside for a particular purpose, an act or rite of dedicating to a divine being or to a sacred use. Most meanings in dedication are for a single use or kind of a short term, but today's dedication meaning is a little bit different. It's continuous. We don't dedicate our kids for a day. We dedicate them or we dedicate them for a lifetime. And so let's think about that as we go on. The first thing I'm going to get into is the misconceptions, and I have just a couple of them. And again, Jeremy spoke on it just this morning, and he talked about it last week a little bit, but I just want to go over it again. I grew up in a Lutheran church and was baptized as a baby. They said they did that in case something would happen to the baby and it would still be able to go to heaven. Now we know that that's 
not the case. Our God is too great and too loving, and there's no works that we can do or that a baby can do to go to heaven. He's already in to me. There's a choice when it comes to getting baptized, and that's after you've accepted Christ as your personal Savior. The reason we get baptized is to outwardly show that you have gotten rid of your old life and started your new one with Christ by professing your faith. And babies can't do that. It only comes when you're accountable. And again, the only way to be saved comes through faith in Jesus Christ. And John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Therefore, again, baptizing as a baby does not line up with what we believe. And actually, I don't think there was ever a baby baptism in the Bible. Number two, baby dedication is a law of God. There's no place in the Bible that says that your baby has to be dedicated, and it's not an act of salvation. So why do we do it? Is it because this morning we came up with pictures and family and grandparents, and is it a tradition? The real reason for it is what Jeremy spoke on just a little bit earlier. It's a covenant event through which the church agrees to support and encourage families as they begin to raise their children in Christ. In other words, it's a reminder of our responsibility that we have in front of us. So let's do it together with God's help. I'm just going to give a couple of instances, three of them, where it happened, where dedication happened in the Bible. And the first one was in 1 Samuel 1, 1 through 28. It's a long reading, so I'm just going to paraphrase it, and then I'll read a little bit afterwards. But Elkanah, and I'm saying these names right, let me know if I'm not. Elkanah, he was the husband. He had two wives, Panina and Hannah. Remember, that's Old Testament. Don't do that now. <laughs> Panina had ten children. She was very fertile. Hannah was barren. She could not have any kids, and she was growing upset more and more. And Penina, it says she started rubbing it into her and making her feel bad. Well, finally, Hannah just went off and was crying and prayed to God and said, uh, Father, if you give me a son, I promise you I will give him to you for the rest of his life. And God heard her prayers, gave her a son, and she named him Samuel. And he be later on became Samuel the prophet. And here's what it says. For this boy I prayed... And the Lord has given me my petition, which I asked of him. So I have also dedicated him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is dedicated to the Lord. The second one is Jesus himself was also brought to Jerusalem to be presented to the Lord in Luke 2.22. Following the birth of Jesus, Mary and Joseph took the infant Jesus to the temple and dedicated him. Lastly, was another instance when Jesus was sitting with all the children in Mark 10.13-16. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. These are just a few examples and the, how the importance is in that for dedication, which leads us to number two. Parents, what is your goal for your children? Is it to become popular, to be their top student in the class, to become wealthy, to have kids, and all, all these things are great, and this is what we want for all of our kids. 
but the most important thing in life is that your children make a decision to accept Christ when they're at the age of understanding. Nothing else truly matters. But we can't teach our kids this if we don't live it ourselves. We're going to be looking at Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 7, which we talked about earlier. But in Deuteronomy 6, 6, it says this. These commandments that I give you are to be in your hearts. Meaning you need to know, understand, accept, and live what I'm telling you. Then you can teach your children. Raising kids is not easy. There's so many little responsibilities that are put on your lap, especially us poor fathers. <laughs> when, we, when women do stuff, they seem to get away with it, and, and it always gets covered up. But when we make mistakes... <laughs> okay, never mind. When we make mistakes... <laughs> oh, boy. This has nothing to do with the sermon, by the way. Um, when we make our mistakes, though, it be, turns into a big problem, and it really shows up. And I'm just going to give you a quick example of something that really shows up. When we were younger, um, I think Lexa was two, or somewhere in that area, and Ryan was a baby. I think he was one. We are getting ready for church. And this is a long time ago. We were getting ready for church, and uh, we're kind of running late like normal. And Lisa said, I've already laid out Lexa's clothes. You take care of her. I'll get Ryan and myself ready, and we'll hurry up and get to church. So we're doing all this stuff. I fly through it, get her ready. Get every, we're, we get to church. The service went well. We're all, everything went great, and there's, everybody's still sitting in the church. And the doors open up, and the kids all come running back in, and Lexa goes running up onto the stage. And our pastor at the time picked her up in front of everybody. Oh, little Alexa with her frilly little dress. And her dress went up and she was bare butt naked. <laughs> I forgot her underwear and, and that's where things show up. <laughs> All right. Let, 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 can, we, uh, can we get back to what we're talking about? As I was saying, from the time your child is born, your life completely changes. You need to sacrifice your own wants for the sake of your children. When you're tired and you're exhausted, you still have to love and discipline. Each child is different. Each family situation is different. Regardless of that, raising children is one of the greatest gifts from God. Talking about raising kids is a whole lot different than the actual raising of the kids, though. You cannot fool anybody. You have to put the time in. And a perfect example of this was King Solomon. King Solomon wrote the book of Proverbs and had perfect answers on life and family, but didn't follow through with that in his own life. He had three children, and they all grew up and were a mess because he was too busy chasing the world. It can be intimidating as well when the Bible tells you to train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. That's in Proverbs 22.6. The reading sounds easy, but it's not. It's not easy. And the one thing is for sure, your kids keep growing and learning every single day. Whether it's right or wrong, they're sponges, and they take up everything that you give them. Consistency is the key of training. Lisa and I talked about it just the other day, about being consistent. The same thing for anything. You can teach a child Monday through Thursday, but you can't give them the weekend off. You can potty train a dog Monday through Thursday, but if you give it the weekend off, you're going to have problems. <laughs> Discipline is the key. 
in, in, in society today, it tells us not to raise your voice or to spank a child. What does the Bible say about this? Proverbs 29.15 says this, A rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame on his mother. Proverbs 13.24 says this, Whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who lives or loves is diligent to discipline himself. Hebrews 12.11 says this, For the moment all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. I know the younger people in here don't have probably never seen this commercial, but any of you older people, remember what the saying is for the Midas muffler? What's that saying? Does anybody remember it? All right, never mind. You're not old enough. <laughs> you can pay me now or you can pay me later. That's what the commercial was. It is so true with your kids. Teaching them about Jesus when they're young is so important. Again, if it's done in love and with discipline, it must be important because it's in the Bible so many times. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord, Ephesians 6.4. That doesn't mean don't get them mad with all your rules. It just means be consistent, showing no favoritism, avoiding the constant anger, and showing loving forgiveness. Being a godly example for your kids at home and teaching them about Jesus is the only thing that really matters in life. That goes with the verse that we talked about earlier in Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 7. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments I give you today are to be on your hearts. And here's the important stuff. Impress them on your children. Talk about that when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. That means you're living Jesus with your kids. I know everybody else's situation in here is different, but having a parent around makes an unbelievable difference in a young one's life. I can relate that to myself. When Lisa and I were first married, I was working so many hours it was ridiculous. And I just was nonstop trying to prove myself at work, and um, it was really tough. Lisa stayed at home and sacrificed She sacrificed everything for our kids. I worked unchanged in my business as much as I could and did everything I could, but Lisa's the reason our kids are who they are right now. And you can ask the kids about all her rules, too. <laughs> if parenting was so easy, we wouldn't need our friends, grandparents, or church family. And we all know that's not true, which leads us to number three, extended family and church obligations. The church and your extended family will play a vital role in raising godly kids. As grandparents now, our roles do change a little bit, but the love and the discipline still remains the same. Many have bought into the fact that when we get old now, we're done raising our kids. Let's retire and live the rest of our life with leisure and fun. Our teaching days are behind us. We can go to birthdays and a few events, but don't take up too much of my time. What does the Bible say about this? Deuteronomy 4.9, only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things that your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Here's the important one. 
Teach them to your children and to their children after them. Some might say, these are not my grandkids. They're not even my kids. It's not my family. I didn't make the choice of having these kids. I'm just going to church here. What's the Bible say about that? Psalm 71, 17, 18. Since my youth, God, you have taught me, and to this day I declare your marvelous deeds. Even when I'm old and gray, do not forsake me, my God, till I declare your power to the next generation, your mighty acts to all who are to come. How about the church? Like Pastor Jeremy said, it takes a village to raise a child. I'll take my church village over a worldly village any day. With everything going on right now in this world, these families need us more than anything. It's time for us all to pull together. Your love, experience, patience, and time is so important to these kids. They are our future. Here's just a few things that the church family can do to play a part in our kids' lives. You can support children's ministry with time and your staffing. You can show interest in these kids. It doesn't take much effort to talk to kids after church and share with them, but it does take time to earn their trust. You can't fool a kid. Be a role model for young married couples with young ones. You might be finished raising your kids, but what you went through, good or bad, will help them so much. Not everyone in church will have a perfect marriage. There might be single parents. They might have gone through something that they didn't want to go through in life, but your love and interest in them is priceless. Finally, just praying for these kids and their family is the most important thing that we can do. Remember, Satan wants our kids. Here's a verse. Here's a verse that says it all. 3 John 1, 4. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. I'm going to read it one more time. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. What's more important than that? This was our first baby dedication here at the Gospel House, and these young parents and children need us more now than they ever have. Let's not just celebrate Dedication Day today, but be a church family for life. Can we pray? Father, thank you for these young families and their children. Help us as a church to be an example of what you want us to be for our young families. I pray that you would never forget the responsibilities that are given to us, and I pray for protection over these little ones. We thank you for this great dedication day, and we ask that you help us to remember that it's not just for today, but it's for the rest of their lives. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Gospel House Podcast. We pray that you are pointed to Jesus and will apply what you learn to look more like him each and every day. If you found today's message impactful, do us a favor and hit the follow button, leave us a rating, and write up a review to help others find our podcast. You can also help us by sharing the podcast so that together we can show the world that the gospel of Jesus Christ is enough. If you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. Head to our website, connect. Fill out the form and someone from our Gospel House family will connect with you. God bless you and remember, the gospel of Jesus Christ is always enough.